Michael Gove's COVID passports could be cancelled, the relationship between China and Joe Biden gets worse, and Switzerland walks away from the European Union. Hello everyone and welcome to today's program. Today's theme is going to be about the tide that's turning. We have some good news on a number of fronts and also some challenges that we're going to discuss. We're going to talk about China, COVID, and also the European Union because the relationships with their neighboring countries are getting worse and worse. And also some latest about migration issues, illegal migration. First, Michael Gove, the guy behind the idea of the COVID passports or immunity passports or whatever you want to call them. Now, this idea came up um, despite the fact that Michael Gove, for a long time, throughout his life, was always against uh, any sort of type of ID cards or any sort of uh, uh, centralized database controlled by the government. Yet, because of the pandemic, he's changed his mind. He is now pro uh, COVID passports. Now, when initially they came up with this plan, uh, everybody was scared. I was quite skeptical because uh, they never clarified initially what they were going to, to be doing with it. Are they, is this going to be long-term, permanent or short-term? But since the Israeli government dropped their COVID passports after everybody was already immune and herd immunity was achieved, uh, now the UK government have also confirmed that uh, even if they were to introduce it, it's only going to be short-term. Now, of course, you know people say that a lot, the governments and politicians. We just have to believe them. Now, the latest that we have is that these passports that are supposed to be part of the NHS app, which is already in place, it's not going too well. They were supposed to be uh, preparing the whole thing for the 21st of June. In fact, for a few days before that, because of a football match that was going to happen. Yet, apparently the government and bureaucrats in Whitehall are so incompetent that they couldn't even prepare their own COVID passport plans. So the whole operation is at this point uh, collapsing. Uh, they are saying that they might end up either delaying it, but if they if the delay happens for a long time, then it's going to basically pass the, the actual deadline of when they were going to be terminating the whole thing. The cabinet office themselves have now confirmed that either all or part of the system might not even be ready to launch in time uh, for step four of the roadmap that the government has created for the 21st of June. Now, they say that despite looking at in the time for the England-Scotland Euro game, that's supposed to be on the 18th of March, uh, June, before uh, the actual roadmap ends. Now, apparently that's not even going to be happening because they were going to be testing these sort of things at big events, including that football match. They've already said that they no longer want to have pubs and hospitality to um, ask people for the COVID passports, but mainly big venues and uh, events like football matches. Uh, but now Michael Gove himself said uh, that it was always intended to be the case for any form of COVID status certification in the UK that were to be, if we were to embrace it, to have a time-limited uh, program behind it. They were supposed to have some sort of schedule uh, to only have it for a couple of months, a few months. But the way things are going, the incompetence of the Whitehall machine means that it might not even be ready. And at that point, they might not just not even introduce it. So this is going to be absolutely fascinating because three months ago, they announced this. The NHS app already exists. If they really cared about this, <laughs> they would have done something about it. This is why the people who um, think that governments and politicians and establishments 
uh, are obviously plotting to run the world and being some sort of, I don't know, Illuminati sort of type, they are not competent enough to do that. Yes, they might have some of them the intention to do that. But I can assure you, we've already seen time and time again that these people are not uh, competent to actually even plot to be supervillains uh, in the world. So, yeah, just everything fine. Everything's fine because the tide is turning. Uh, firstly, everything in terms of herd immunity with this virus is going well already. Things are looking good in this country despite all these new variants, especially the new one from India. Uh, so no one needs to panic at this point. What the people who need to panic are the party in China, the Communist Party in China. So they are now kicking off because their relationship with Joe Biden is collapsing. So Joe Biden and his team who were criticizing Donald Trump when he was president for attacking China, for starting investigations into the origins of COVID. Guess what's happening? The Biden administration have started an investigation into the origins of COVID. And of course, the Chinese authorities are not happy about this. They did not expect Joe Biden to stand up to the CCP. This is a fascinating story which is going to be developing uh, over the next uh, few days and weeks. Uh, because Joe Biden, we all know that, of course, he used uh, China uh, to attack Donald Trump at the time. Uh, every single time that President Trump was criticizing the Chinese Communist Party, Biden was saying that, no, these are our uh, international partners. You have no evidence uh, about you know, the origins of COVID. Yet, the US intelligence is now suggesting that COVID was leaked uh, from a lab in Wuhan, uh, and it's highly likely that it was man-made. So, what happened there? Of course, politicians could change their minds. Governments could learn and evolve and you know, adapt to situations. But completely, everything, the, throwing everything out the window just because of different parties in, in power is kind of showing the hypocrisy of the US political system. Now, of course, the, the Chinese Communist Party are uh, going to be kicking off, not just with America, but with the World Health Organization and the rest of the international community. Uh, they're also threatening America by saying that you're just going to ruin our international cooperation and relationship that we have. So the statement that we have from the Chinese embassy to America saying that lately, some people have played the old trick of political hype on the origin tracing of COVID-19 in the world. I wonder why. Smear campaign and blaming sh blame shifting are making a comeback. But I don't think they went, they went anywhere. It was already there. You just weren't listening. Because the mainstream media, and we're going to talk about the media and social media platforms who were clamping down on these claims at the time. And even they are starting to change their minds. But this statement continues to say that the conspiracy theory of lab leak is coming back fine. Uh, since the outbreak of COVID last year, some political forces have been fixated on political manipulation and blame game while ignoring their people's urgent need to fight the pandemic and the international demand for cooperation on this front. Really? Do, do you really care about treating people? Because we saw what the CCP were doing to ordinary people in China. I don't really think they care about any sort of pandemic in that sense. They don't care about public health in that sense, especially if it's proven uh, that this was a leak from a lab, and if it was definitely man-made, then the Chinese government and state have a lot to answer to before, because the, everything they've been saying for the past year and well, almost two years now, 
has been a complete lie. All the cover-ups, some of the evidence has already been proving the cover-ups anyway, but this is going to be changing uh, the relationship between East and West and this superpower position that China and America are fighting for. Now, as I said, there is a fascinating kind of story behind how uh, the West and the media and the establishment are viewing uh, China. And uh, when Trump was saying it, it was different. Now Biden is saying the same thing. Apparently, it's true. Sure. Now, the statement continues by saying that out of a sense of responsibility towards the health of mankind. No, you mean people kind. You need to listen to Justin Trudeau more, China, because it's people kind now. We are woke. We support the comprehensive study of all early cases of COVID-19 found worldwide and throughout the investigation into some secretive bases and biological laboratories all around the world. And they're also attacking the World Health Organization. Even though WHO, some of the officials were already in the pockets of China, uh, but of course some of them are coming back to start the backlash. Of course, China are not too happy about this. Now, the reason I said the tide is turning is because when you have the social media giants like Facebook, when you have Mark Zuckerberg and Nick Clegg, the two people who have the power to tell people what they can read or can't read on Facebook, they are changing their policy as well. They were quite authoritarian on um, any social media posts that was questioning the origins of COVID. Interesting, because it was never going to affect public health policy. If, for example, they were going against conspiracy theories, uh, if people were posting saying that uh, the virus just doesn't exist at all, then they could say that from their perspective, they're trying to protect public health, so they're going to delete these posts. But if a post is just talking about the origins of COVID, whether it was man-made from a lab in China, how does that affect public health approach during the pandemic? But they did that. They were deleting all these posts until recently. Now, yesterday, Facebook changed their policy in light of ongoing investigations into the origin of COVID-19 and in consultation with the public health experts, we will no longer remove the claim that COVID-19 is man-made from our apps. We're continuing to work with health experts to keep pace with the evolving nature of the pandemic and regularly update our policies as new facts and trends emerge. These are not new facts because these investigations also started under Trump. You just ignore that. This is the double standard I'm talking about, whether it's the social media giants or the media, mainstream media platforms. When it was happening under Trump, just ignore it. It doesn't exist. It's not true. It's a, it's a, it's a fake investigation. But now that Biden's doing it, for whatever reason, now it seems to be a, the complete truth behind everything that the US government is saying. So the tide is turning. The, the establishments in the West uh, are finally waking up to what's been happening for whatever reason. So whether previously people like Biden and the Democrats and this, you know, the usual elitist liberal establishments were pro-China uh, for whatever reason, that relationship has now changed or is changing. So they are now joining our side. Uh, unless this is all part of their gimmicks, we don't really know yet, but we're going to have to judge them as we move uh, because everything is going to be changing because Donald Trump might be coming back. President Trump might be running again in 2024 uh, now of course this is going to be making a lot of people um, angry from the liberal left in america but also some of the 
Republicans, who are not really Trumpians. Now, of course, the the Republican Party you know, they have the different wings. Now you got the conservative Republicans, uh, you got the traditional GOP side, you got the libertarian side, and you have the Trumpian side. And now they're all clashing because they don't really know how to fight back. They don't. They haven't um, unified their party since the last election. Now they could they could either choose to remain a Trumpian party and allow Trump to come back, or they could become a conservative party and have a conservative candidate instead of Trump. Or they could go more libertarian, which is a bad idea, because right now, libertarianism is not going to win in America. Don't even try it. Uh, but this is all going to be uh, creating a new drama in uh, American politics. And of course, it's going to affect global politics. Uh, but going back to our own country, in this country, UK, um, and the tide that is now turning, all the uh, focus fully going to be on uh, the actual British government about the way they've been handling the whole situation. Finally, we are now seeing the media scrutinizing uh, the, uh, the UK government on the pandemic properly. Now, the problem we have is that they keep focusing on the wrong parts of the pandemic. They're, ne they're still not um, focusing on investigations about the effects of lockdown, the consequences of lockdown over people's lives. Now, that's still not happening. Uh, but because of uh, Dominic Cummings appearing in front of the Select Committee in Parliament, for some reason... The mainstream media, they now believe everything that Dominic Cummings says. <laughs> the same mainstream media who a year ago uh, would not believe anything that Dominic Cummings was saying. Um, now that he came to Parliament and he was attacking Boris Johnson's government and Matt Hancock and everybody else, the media are going with everything that Cummings is saying. Now, of course, one of the main targets yesterday was Matt Hancock as health secretary, one of the most incompetent. Uh, ministers we've ever had in this country. Now, the Mirror did this article. Now, of course, it's the Mirror. Of course, it's going to be negative. But they've pointed out at four questions uh, that uh, Cummings was basically bringing up. They created four questions for Matt Hancock to answer. Some of them are ridiculous because uh, hindsight, of course, it's, it's always great to have hindsight. Uh, but also, uh, some of the stuff that's already happened, mistakes happen anyway. But the first point is, is Matt Hancock ashamed that he promised to um, he promised a protective shield around care homes and over 30,000 care home residents have died? Uh, but yeah, this is one of those, again, things that, of course, he could promise something. Politicians promise things all the time. And, of course, he should have created the shield properly. But the problem at the time was that when it came to care homes and hospitals and the whole society, government just didn't know what to do in general. Um, so, yes, it, it was wrong to promise uh, because that's exactly how trust is going down uh, between the general public and the political system. Now, the second point is why were 25,000 elderly people discharged from hospitals into care homes without any tests? Now, this is, I agree. Now, this is just absolutely stupid. The way they were handling the transfers and the way they were handling the lack of testing or protesting, because a lot of tests that they were done and still happening, they, we still have false positives. And you, it, there's no guarantee that the results of tests are actually uh, accurate. So you have to decide if your testing is good enough to do it. Otherwise, you're going to have to take the risk. And that's what's hap been, ha been happening with Downing Street. Now, there are all these other points I've been talking about, and it's all been mostly nonsensical. Now, this is exactly why the opinion polls that were taken uh, on the day yesterday after Dominic Cummings has actually shown a swing of almost six points towards the Tories. That didn't work, did it? 
everything, as I said, all the attacks, especially if it's on uh, Boris Johnson himself, as I said yesterday, the guy is mud. He cannot throw mud at mud. The, the public don't really get surprised uh, if they hear that Boris Johnson said something about, oh, I don't really care about this pandemic, uh, let people die or anything like that. Because it's, it's one of those things that context matters. And uh, Boris Johnson, the way his language works, uh, you know, he says things that, you know, of course, if you are not careful how to translate his language, it could be bad. Uh, so a lot of people would just forgive and forget. Like, oh, it's Boris, you know, he always says ridiculous stuff. So um, all that was just pointless because uh, the Tories are still leading. Now, the Tories have their own problems. Um, don't be just complacent thinking that um, the Conservatives are now popular. It's only because the Labour Party are just so incompetent. The problems that the Conservatives are now facing, which will come back eventually in the next election, if they don't tackle them, are, for example, the migrant boats and illegal migration. That is still happening. And the issue with this is that uh, the Home Office have now decided to start deporting uh, over a thousand people. Over a thousand, that's it. And send them back to Europe. Now, there are a couple of issues with this because... Now, the lefties are coming back, the left-wing campaigners and all their lawyers and everybody else are trying to now get the government and the Home Office to prove where these boats actually came from. Now, it's now the job of Priti Patel to prove that these dinghies came from France, for example. Now, some of it is you just have to use common sense and logic because some of these dinghies, they cannot come all the way from Turkey, for example, or, you know, or Egypt. It's just it's not not going to survive. Uh, even the English Channel uh, sometimes is problematic. That short journey. Imagine what will happen with a tiny, tiny boat uh, from Egypt to uh, England. It's not going to happen. So the government have to find a way to prove that uh, these boats actually did come from Europe, which they did. We all know that. Uh, so that's the issue that we're now currently facing. And the UK government and the Home Office, they don't really know how to address this. When you have the Amnesty, Amnesty International UK, uh, and especially the Refugee and Migrant Rights Director. Yeah, one of those roles. Uh, it's come out, come out to say that this whole new operation of sending the boats back to um, the EU is reckless and impractical. Now, they also said there's another group of people, all these like left-wing lawyers and also other um, campaign groups like the Refugee Action, who come out to say that to penalize refugees for how they enter a country is unlawful and sticks two fingers up to the Refugee Convention. So, so the, what they're saying is that we should just uh, leave our those doors open. It, it shouldn't really matter how um, people enter the country. So what's the point of having borders? What's the point of having any sort of process or application uh, to go through for the asylum seekers, for example. Uh, because they're now saying that if they want to come through Dover, let them. If they want to come uh, through by hiding in, into uh, under the plane or something, or the trucks or whatever, or trains, or Eurostar maybe, just let them. It doesn't really matter. So what was, just let's not have a border. Let's just have everyone just moving around. They don't really understand the practical side of life. Uh, but this is exactly why the, the, the tide in Europe is also turning. A lot of countries, including France, are now becoming skeptical towards the migration policies of the European Union. We have the other partners of the European Union, like Switzerland, who for the past 13 years have been talking with the European Union to have 
to sign a proper uh, op kind of cooperation agreement, a proper trade deal essentially, uh, to become almost a member of the European Union, have now decided to walk away from these talks and end the negotiations because the EU are still pushing for Schengen, they're still pushing for free movement and they are pushing now to have direct access to the internal labour markets of uh, Switzerland. And of course, these guys, they know how the European Union works. Uh, there's a reason that countries like Switzerland have been prosperous. Uh, they know how to take advantage of their own resources and not exceed any uh, obviously operations that they have in their own country. But of course, if you open the doors, um, then you can't really control Switzerland. And so they now walked away. And this is actually a really, really bad day for Ursula von der Leyen because ever since she became president of the commission in Brussels, she's just had, let's just say bad lucks. It's not really bad lucks, it's just bad management, bad decisions. Uh, she she that didn't really handle the Brexit negotiations well. Uh, she didn't handle the pandemic really well. And uh, she's now obviously having issues with uh, other international trade negotiations, including Switzerland. So well done, Ursula. She's actually helping bring down the European Union from the inside of Brussels. So thanks to Ursula, the tide in the European Union is also turning. Now, as I said, this is all about good news. We have some counter, obviously, obviously counter arguments towards um, the woke side and the liberal left and the elitist authoritarians. There's another one, the Br British BBC prom. The, the actual um, program that is supposed to be about Britain and British culture that's been hijacked for the past few years by the Remainers and by the woke socialists and liberals. Uh, they are now trying to push proms to become British again. Uh, good. They, it's interesting that they, they said that they are now introducing the British theme. I mean, that's, that was the whole point of proms. I'm pretty sure. But it's good news. Let's just celebrate the fact that they are now trying to make proms British again. Uh, and we have to see the backlash from the liberal left. Uh, and we will report on this channel because it's going to be quite interesting. Now, at the end of each um, program, I go to the questions we receive from the full members of the channel. Uh, if you are a full member, uh, go on the membership area and uh, there's a box where you could submit your members questions on a daily basis on youtube we used to do them on a weekly basis but now we just do them on a day, daily basis so i pick up a few uh, and then we'll just go from there uh, let's go to pauline who says uh priti patel's speech the other day regarding immigration uh, if the government has a majority of uh, 81 then why are they not passing any new laws and stopping these left-wing lawyers using our money to fight cases yes this is a good question. I don't have the answer. I don't really know what's happening with the Home Office, really. <laughs> I don't really know why Priti Patel makes all these promises, uh, fails, but doesn't explain why she fails. Um, that's all we want to hear from the Home Office, some transparency. If there is an obstacle, legally speaking, um, she has to come out and ex explain to the public. Otherwise, stop making these promises about uh, changing the, the actual law, especially with the left-wing lawyers and the way they are taking advantage of our system. So, Pauline, I don't know. <laughs> Tracy says, Hi Maya, great new site. Uh, very accessible, thank you. Uh, I remember that during the last summer's lockdown, uh, you used to go around town just for chat, buy steak, going to protests, going to see the environment you were in, and I find it fascinating. Perhaps you could do it again once, once a week, a new format for the new show. 
maybe meet a guest for coffee and a chat in a local park and pub for a pint, blah, blah, blah. Absolutely. You read my mind, Tracy. This is exactly what I'm bringing back uh, to this new channel, this new format, uh, which uh, everything actually Tracy said is uh, what I already had planned. Um, we're going to bring back uh, the Maya out in London. But also, obviously, now the lockdown's over, I'm going to be traveling around more in the country as well. Uh, so hopefully I'll be meeting some of you depending on where I go. Uh, so especially if there's an event or a protest or something that needs to be reported, I will definitely be there. Uh, so just stay tuned, Tracy, because we're going to introduce that format, but also some other new shows, uh, some interviews and uh, debate shows that we're going to also bring. Uh, and the main thing is, as I said yesterday, I'm trying to bring um, many other independent commentators uh, who are sound uh, to bring them all together uh, so that we could have just one main channel to be the alternative to the mainstream media. Uh, so that's that's the idea. Arthur says, why is Sky News UK so woke but Sky News Australia right on so many messages and issues? Uh, yeah, I, 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 there's, uh, of course, a lot of people might bring up Ofcom. It's not necessarily just Ofcom. It's always been the, the, the media culture that we created in this country for the past couple of decades, few decades, complacency. The people didn't kick off. The people were complaining about the culture of the BBC and these days Sky being biased and left-wing. Uh, but they weren't really kicking off publicly. Whereas in countries like Australia and in the US, um, the appetite was always there. And uh, if they hadn't introduced Sky News Australia or Fox News or others in different countries, uh, then people would have completely kicked off. Uh, so th then they would have found some sort of alternative. Right now, in this country, everybody uh, put all their faith and trust in the current mainstream media for such a long time, the BBCs and your Sky News and all the others. Uh, now we are finally seeing uh, that appetite being changed. And we are going to be seeing more changes. But the, up to a point where, of course, with GB News being introduced, it is going to be pushing uh, other channels like Sky News to probably change and reform the way they are because sky news uk was actually okay a while ago um but it's just been completely different recently uh, zach says uh, what do you think is the best strategy for dealing with the smp the separatist politics in the rest of the uk and all the others uh, yes so there is this issue with the uh, how to deal with the separatists in the various sides to be fair and to be absolutely honest um, the only way to do it is not have the current devolution plans. Uh, you need to make the policies that are that affect the whole country uh, centralized from London. And the rest of it, you need to give proper localism, proper local powers, uh, so that we don't really uh, create secondary centralized powers in the form of the Scottish government or the Welsh government or the others. Uh, that's the only way. Take away these powers from these secondary uh, central governments and create actual local powers and give more power to the people to decide for themselves. But I'll be discussing this uh, on a more regular basis when it comes to Scotland and the rest of the UK as well on this channel. So don't forget to uh, check out our daily videos at 6 p.m. every day. You, you should be getting the email notifications, but in case you forget, then don't forget. Just go on the website, 6 p.m. every day. I'll be there. Thanks again for watching. I'm Maya TC, and I'll see you guys in the next video.